Greetings! Welcome to Film Gazers, the Minisodes. I'm Steph. This will be the final installment of our Eight Nights of Harry Potter. It's going to be Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. So guys, we have finally made it to the very last movie. I have to say, this rewatch, doing it under the gaze of knowing I'm going to be talking about the movie and everything... Um, has kind of made me realize how much I don't, yeah, enjoy kind of after five for me. I think uh, we already mentioned just that after four, she's kind of good. Uh, for me, I, I'd say it's more after five because uh, Half-Blood Prince is when they just really start dropping the ball and I feel like they never quite get back on track with how much of the story is to be told within those last few films. Um, and the underwhelming quality that they end up giving us, um, again, story-wise. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and get right into the Ya Googled Summary. A clash between good and evil awaits as young Harry, Ron, and Hermione prepare for a final battle against Lord Voldemort. Harry has grown into a steely lad on a mission to rid the world of evil. The friends must search for the Horcruxes that keep the dastardly wizard immortal. Harry and Voldemort meet at Hogwarts Castle for an epic showdown where the forces of darkness may finally meet their match. So we begin right where Deathly Hallows Part 1 ended with Voldemort finding the Elder Wand in Dumbledore's tome. And then it also shows a very forlorn appearing um, now headmaster Snape of Hogwarts. So Voldemort is officially back in business. This one right away is completely opposite of part one in that part one was a sluggish boring nightmare uh this one is just kind of go 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 to where you can't even savor or enjoy the certain story and moments that they are giving you um that is the biggest flaw of the ending of harry potter uh to talk about Two, we do have to refer to one. I am going to be referring back to one quite often. If you did not listen to that episode, you kind of all you need to know is I hate the movie and it's really boring. Um, and that directly does correspond with how quickly paced this one is. It's much more exciting. I just don't know why they didn't also do that one with part one. They don't feel like they should be two parts of the same film. Like they feel they feel like complete opposites. And not in any kind of good way or complimentary way. Um, not even a good contrast. Um, as even the summary states more about the Horcruxes. Well, that's kind of what part one was as well. But they really only focus on the one. And then we're getting all of the others crammed together without the narrative that they could have been telling us uh, with all the time they wasted in part one. So with that... 
I'll kind of get into some more of my favorites of this film because I do actually have some scenes um, that I can talk about <laughs> as opposed to part one where I had none. Um, Hermione being really terrible at being Bellatrix uh, Lestrange in the beginning with her going into the vault. Again, it has a little bit of the comic bits, which was completely missing in part one, uh, but they kind of brought that back. McGonagall is also quite the badass um, in this and really shows how powerful she is to an extent. She makes the really cool knights and then of course all of the staff helps make the uh, shield, like the charm shield I suppose, that's kind of um, blocking the Death Eaters for a little while. Um, basically it like fries a couple of wizards, um, before they figure it out. Um, and of course Neville, um, he's taunting them through there. Um, I love all the parts with Neville on this one. I think he was very well used, um, throughout the film. So they could have, they could have even had been showing again in part one, like maybe what Neville had been doing in Hogwarts. Like all of this stuff was mentioned throughout the book. It's not like it was happening, part one separately from you know what's going on at Hogwarts it was all overlapping so I just feel like they the way they broke it up was just so poorly done because you had all of this good really good stuff that could have been shown throughout both of the films um <laughs> there is always a part I just always wish that Harry would have wore the diadem um as he was leaving with it so it wouldn't you know maybe he wouldn't lose it if he just put it on his head um and I think it would have just also <laughs> uh made the scene more fun we do finally get more of uh, the story of Snape. I feel like they should have been also showing some of this in Half-Blood Prince. Uh, again, that's uh, the correlation of where this whole kind of storyline, like basically the end story, they fuck up. Like I'm finally coming to that realization after watching this series. I don't know how many times. But yeah, there was just so much more. Um, and then they cram it all in in the Snape story, you know, always and, and a big chunk of this film. Again, they could have dispersed at least some of that throughout or even shown uh, maybe things Snape might have been looking back in part one a little more. Just just anything like that. So it was good to finally get it in the last film. And also just because if you uh, listen to any of our last uh, probably episodes for the past six months, I'd been doing a really uh, heavy Dragon Ball Z binge in which I watched that entire franchise. So I do enjoy how Voldemort is also like Bobbity and that they like tele telekinetically or uh, tele telepathically speak um, to like giant groups of people. <laughs> That's just, that was just the vibes I got. So yeah, Voldemort, I realize has like a lot of Bobbity vibes. And of course, in the other favorite scenes, um, Voldemort, um, in the end when he thinks, oh, I killed Harry Potter, um, and no surprise, bitch, Harry's alive, and then <laughs> Neville, his little speech, and he, like, fucking pulls out the sword of damn Gryffindor, um, just, like, chaos in the moment, and Voldemort's just shook. I also like that Harry Potter in this one, like, Voldemort's doing all these, like, tricky little um charms and hexes and jinx and all this stuff with like you know fucking fabric and stuff and and being really slick with all of his spells and harry just like fumbles through takes it is constantly falling and then he's just like a pure power source basically when he um is fighting voldemort every time he's not doing any of that stuff he's just straight up like brrr, like lightsaber shit almost 
and the fight at Hogwarts is very exciting. It is well done of them kind of going throughout the whole battlefield. Uh, even when you read the books, it was very exciting and kind of chaos as well. Um, so they did capture that somewhat. But it almost feels like it doesn't give the time that you need for certain characters. You know, we get one of the twins dies and freaking Lupin and Tonks. Like, they don't even show... I don't know. It was just, you get Mrs. Weasley who murders Bellatrix, of course. And, you know, that's my daughter, bitch. Um, <laughs> so you get kind of like more of the fan service or gratuitous kind of things like that. Um, but the actual killing of Voldemort happens fairly quick and without much more incident, uh, to be honest. Uh, while the fight at Hogwarts is, is a lot of fun, it kind of, you know, stops as quickly as it began, um, which I guess could be said for maybe situations like that. Uh, another thing I did like was breaking into the bank, which I mentioned at the beginning with Hermione, but I do think the the whole excitement as well uh, with the dragon and everything. And that's where I'll come into my MVP. It is still Hermione. Hermione um, should have been the lead character. Um, she should be the girl who lived. I don't know. Uh, she just did everything. Uh, and this is why previously I've mentioned where I thought Hermione might have possibly been a Slytherin. Um, but watching the, the scene in which she's like, mm, I think I have an idea, but it's kind of crazy. And she just jumps on the freaking dragon to like free it. Like that's when I'm like, okay, that's what makes her a Gryffindor. Um, I like that they show Aberforth, uh, but he is kind of um, still trivial. Uh, in the books, they they go so much more into Dumbledore's background and with the Horcruxes and kind of the memories, and, and that's kind of how Harry um, is able to figure out which items um, Voldemort would make into a Horcrux. And so that's what you would think that they would be doing in part one, which they didn't. <laughs> they could have, if they would have done that, it would have all, I feel like, flowed together more, and all of that would have made a little more sense. Um, otherwise, Characters like Aberforth feel kind of shoehorned in for no reason. And then, of course, Harry would be the other MVP of his own film because um, he does learn that he is the last Horcrux and he still goes along with it. And then I do like that he at least finally gets, the, uh, gets to respect Snape. Uh, in a way of admiration, um, knowing that even in the memory, Snape is kind of like, so you've just been letting this boy live until you needed to have him die at a certain time. Like, that's even more fucked up. Um, <laughs> to where I wish they would have just shown a little more of that. Because, again, in the books it is mentioned. Like, it's not like it's uh, a part of the storyline that's not being um, brought to light. It, it is. So for them to just gloss over it in the movies is also a little disappointing. And one of my biggest gripes of this film is the really horrible scene um, where they're all changing their clothes. Um, and it's like the camera's going in like a circular motion and they're talking about their plan. I don't know. I just absolutely hated it. It was so stupid. And also the initial entry into Hogwarts uh, they're supposed to be kind of stealth. They're supposed to be sneaking in. You know, they got to find the diadem. Like, they have, like, a mission, kind of. But yet, they still do the giant kind of gotcha moment. And stupid as well. Very stupid. 
So, all right, guys, overall, I would say the very end of this series is probably the worst of the series. Um, unfortunately, that ha tends to happen in a lot of things that kind of run for a while. I think that's just a really big problem of any of any book to film uh, franchise. You're going to see that. Overall, though, I think it still is a good series, uh, especially for young adults. Um, I do think it should be a companion to the books just because you are going to get um, just more story, you know, and more character development and everything. Um, so like as a family type thing, I could see maybe, you know, you doing that with children and everything. But if I were to ever like just recommend the movies like only and then if you have no knowledge of the universe whatsoever, um, I still think you would have a good time, but you're probably not going to appreciate it. Like obviously some of them more like diehard fans, but again, for young adults, kids, uh, teens who haven't read even the books, they would still probably enjoy this, um, because it is more skimming the surface and you're not getting like too much of the nerd shit, I guess. So I hope everyone had a wonderful time on this trip to Hogwarts with me. Um, it was a lot of fun doing these like a mini-sode series um, for this many movies. I will say it was a lot. Um, luckily, I kind of got a head start, but it was with the holidays and everything. So I do feel like I was having to kind of rush myself almost. Um, the As I'm recording this, it's going to be released in just a few hours. I got, yeah, I got a little behind. So we'll definitely keep doing more mini-sodes. I, I can't say I would do another uh, really long series. I'm not doing anything like on all the Marvel movies, that's for sure. But this was a lot of fun, and I think it's a really good, uh, kind of the last thing I did for 2023 with the Film Gazers podcast. Um, remember, guys, we are going to be kickstarting uh, our episodes in January on January 9th. And that is January 9th. We will be kicking off Aliens. We still waiting. I hope everyone had a really great 2023 um, again, on behalf of Jess and I, we want to thank you so much for listening to us. Um, and if you're listening even to these minisodes, especially because they're not nearly as exciting or funny, probably as the two of us together. Um, <laughs> remember, you can find us at Film Gazers on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Threads. Uh, Twitter right now is where you can find the Discord invite if you would care to join that. That is part of our kind of uh, podcast New Year's resolution is uh, to make more of these minisodes and then to also be a little more active in our social media communities. So it's time for me to hit the dusty trail. Later, taters. <laughs>